The DeFalco Files is an entertainment-based program. Some memories of certain events might be fuzzy. All opinions are that of the host. Content might not be appropriate for children and some adults. Listener discretion is advised. And remember, the truth is here. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting presents The DeFalco Files with FSW owner Joe DeFalco and your host, Matt Michaels. Hey everybody, it's Matt Michaels here on The DeFalco Files with the owner and creator of FSW, Future Stars of Wrestling here in Las Vegas, Mr. Joe DeFalco. Joe, what's going on? Man, I'm beat and it's only uh, a couple days before the show. Man, uh, I mean, at this point, just just realistically, going into a, a four day weekend where you're going to be basically uh, either at the arena or at the Silver Nugget, you know, pretty much almost around the clock. What do you have to do to prepare yourself uh, to make sure that everything's in place and to essentially have as little going into it of you know problems that might arise how how do you try to combat uh you know there being issues as you're going into the the uh the week here you got like two more days and actually if we put this out on wednesday you got one more day and uh, it's go time. So what is the process like for you right now? Well, I'm a person who, you know, I have my hands in everything. So right. I have to concern myself with everything, you know. So it's like, oh, okay. Uh, well, you don't really have to worry too much. There's a show at the school at the arena on Thursday. Well, kind of, yeah, I do. You know, I, I'm the one who's contacting the talent. I'm the one who's got to get the rooms. You know, fortunately, our fly-ins are mainly revolvers. So Sammy handled most of that. Uh, but there's people that are just going to be in town. You know, the Jared Diaz, Axel Rico guys, you know, they're going to be here for the weekend because they're going to be used as extras for AEW. So right. it was getting them, you know, the opportunities and putting together the Friday show and it's like, I'm not booking the flights. I'm not booking stuff. So it's like, hey, you know, did, did, did you get that flight for Trey Miguel and Josh Alexander and, and Rich Swan and yourself? And, you know, so that's the chaotic part of that. Then there's the chaotic part of dealing with the Silver Nugget. You know, we went down there Wednesday. Uh, I'm sorry. We went there Sunday. And it was to check the sound and everything. And we did it before, so it shouldn't be that difficult to process. But the guy who runs the sound was going on vacation Monday, and he's not getting back till Friday afternoon. So we have to go set up, and now we got to set up the ring. Well, we're going to set the ring up on Wednesday at 5 o'clock. And then it was like, oh, shit, fucking Dynamite's at Wednesday at 5 o'clock. And we did the women's show last week, and we literally had four motherfuckers for breakdown. Okay, yep. so we we can't, you know it's a little easier. 
at the Sahara, it was a really difficult process. You know, we, Rocky puts the trailer down and you literally had to walk a thousand feet probably to yeah. get to the room. So at the Silver Nugget, we can open up that back door and you're right there. So not having a hundred people is going to be okay if we had seven or eight, which, you know, I'm perceiving because it's our show and there's possibilities and me bitching on the student page where we should have a, a good turnout. Uh, you know, if you see any regulars that you would think would be on the show Sunday and they're not on the show Sunday, that would be mainly because they were fucking useless and made no effort to help because sometimes right. these guys get on a, get on shows. So they think they're above it, you know? And it's like, dude, you, you're still a couple of years in you lazy fucks, like fucking do some shit. You know, you're going to get the opportunity to see not only the guys on our show, which are big, but there's the Briscoes and the Cardonas and John Morrison's who's working the other show. It's our job to, to handle, you know, the little, the little things that weekend, you know, whether it's Tom ringing the bell for all the shows, they're not, you know, nobody's bringing in a bell ringer. Nobody's bringing in a gear taker. You know, right. nobody's bringing in the side security other than, you know, maybe a couple of guys that they happen to have, you know. And now the other companies decided that they're going to go through Fight TV because GCW did. So Revolver is and now Black Label is. So once Ed does his show, we have to break down our shit, you know, right. for production wise. But now we also have to not break it down. And Spider was like, oh, but we got to do the show. And then it's like, dude, we're not breaking down the equipment on Friday after our show for Fight TV to set up. They can get another fucking table. Like, we have to do that stuff. So it's right. little shit like that that I have to, like, be hands-on. I'm the guy. I'm hands-on everything, you know. You know, Brett's still either in California or, you know, New York. You know, yeah. Jersey, where he lives. And he's like, hey, you know, I'll be in Thursday, you know, what's whatever needed. You know, that's cool. But, you know, everything's going to be set up by Wednesday. You right. know, after AEW, we started at 8 o'clock. We should have no problems. But there's a lot of work to do, you know. Yeah. And then it's like, you know, again, the Thursday show is going to be the easiest day of the, uh, of the bunch. Because... I just have to walk in Thursday. You know, we were supposed to have flyers guaranteed. I paid like an extra 60 bucks for fucking, you know, worst case scenario that they'd be delivered by today. Well, I got the tickets. I just never got the flyers. And right now the flyers are still in print because after I paid for that and got my email, it goes, oh, because of the shortages, uh, it might take up to three to five more business days. I'm like, well, then what did I just fucking pay for? Seriously. You know? So now I got thousands of flyers that I'm not going to get till maybe Thursday, which now means we have to go before Rampage on Friday, which is the last day that I'd want to go out and do shit because Friday's a busy day for us. So I'd right. rather just hand out the flyers on Wednesday. So now I have to now create a flyer so I can cut it up and just do paper ones because I can't not have flyers for tomorrow. Right. So it's like, 
that's another added thing on the plate that I didn't really want to have to do. You know, the card's set for Thursday. We're all good. You know, we I think we have one spot in a six-man tag uh, that we need. Right. And Friday's all set for us. I'm pretty sure all the other companies. And hopefully by the time this airs tomorrow, uh, we will have the Let It Ride you know, you know, we know who's going to be at Let It Ride. We got Anthony Green. We got Holiday. We got Vandegrift, Damian Drake, Jay Vidal, Wise Guy, uh, Tag Champs, TBD, and, you know, a few others that are going to be part of the show who's going to be sticking around. You know, we talked to Christy Janes. Uh, you know, she's around. Right. So we're trying to make sure we get her. But Viva Van's doing AEW work, as is Danica. So neither one of them are available on Sunday. So we're just figuring out the stuff to make sure, you know, we get a good card for Sunday. Because, again, it's a tough day. It's it's the day of double or nothing. People, God forbid, you know, the show will end and doors don't open for two more hours at, at uh, a venue that's 10 minutes away from us. But, right. again, with a lot of those fans compared to our fans, you know, it's all Uber stuff. So they have to take into effect, and so do we, that it's like, well, you're already on the strip, say. Now you got to spend 50 bucks to get off the strip to go back down just to watch our show. So, you know, we'll see. Yeah, and it's interesting. Uh, I was just looking to see um, there was – something Meltzer put out uh, yesterday and it was trying to explain the rampage um, how it's going to work in terms of the airing of rampage with the hockey game being in place. And it was just insane because it seems like they have no, it's like there's nothing in place in terms of the airing of it. Now, luckily, um, I believe that you said yesterday, it looks like uh, they said they'll be done by 6.30 on Rampage. So if fans are attending Rampage, remember that you still will have time to get to the Silver Nugget. But you might want to do your due diligence because of what Joe just said, and that is that it might be you know, difficult catching the Ubers, catching the lifts, and you know, just making that time work. Um, if if there is a you know, uh, you're getting closer to bell time on Friday because you have a show right behind you with black labels. Is there no wiggle room to let's say start the bell time fifteen or twenty or thirty minutes later because of the fact that they're already. Sh- supposed to be starting their show at 11.30. No, they're starting their show at 11 o'clock. Oh, they're still still going at 11. Wow. But again, they could, if they push it back, uh, there's, a good oper- there's a good possibility we'll push it about 15 minutes, but that's about all we can do. You know, a lot of those companies have nine and ten matches. We're only going to do eight just because we want to make sure we don't put them on the spot because they need to clear the room. You know, if it wasn't about clearing the room, who cares? You know, we go to 1030, they could still start at 11. 
but you know, there's a lot of people now, hopefully we'll be able to figure out ways that if people have tickets to both shows that, you know, maybe we put them in the back and we say, Hey, if you got ticket to that show and that way we can let them right back in. Right. Uh, and that'll make the transition easier which now means that we could open the doors for them at 1030 and not 10 o'clock. You know what I mean? Because right. we expect to be over. We were hoping around 10 o'clock. Well, now if we're open at 1015, 1020, you know, we should be fine. Yeah. Um, and was there any consideration? Um, so obviously Saturday is, you know, a back to back to back to back day. Um, is there any consideration or is there something in place uh, in terms of that day where there'll be some kind of wristband system or something that makes it a little easier to identify that this person's already essentially been verified that they have tickets for all these shows? It's just a matter of them getting the ticket scan then and, and uh, you know, going to their seat. How, how is that working for Saturday? Well, I think there's more than enough time because Ed shows at 12, even if it ends at 2.30. You yeah. know what I mean? That Sammy's show don't start till 4. And I don't think the turnout for Ed's show is going to be as much as, say, for Sammy's show. Right. So uh, I think there'll be more than enough time at 3.15 to open the doors for Sammy's show. And then yeah. his show ends at 6.30-ish. It gives GCW, which I would believe is the, you know, going to be the most attended show of the weekend because it's GCW, right. you know. And I've known in the past, uh, GCW doesn't always start on time. So, <laughs> right. you know, if they started 17 minutes late, I don't think – any of those fans would give a fuck. Right. <laughs> um, you know, you said uh, setting up on Wednesday and then you got the school show on Thursday. Uh, is it is it days like this or, or weeks like this that it really does come in handy that you guys do have a couple rings uh, and are able to, you know, cover the school or the, the arena as well as uh, the silver nuggets um, without having to, you know, basically have one ring and, you know, set it up in the arena, break it down, take it over a nugget, run those shows for two days and then break it down and bring it back. Is, is that a, a plus and a benefit? And did you ever see yourself um, thinking that you would need two rings? Well, to be honest with you, you don't need two rings probably 350 days out of the year and 15 may be generous. But the yeah. thing is, when you do need them, you know, it's good to have. Like, in reality, we did the women's show this past Saturday. Well, if we didn't have a second ring, we would have to put it back up for training on Monday. But yeah. we, what we did was we took that ring down and we already put in the smaller, which is more of a practice ring, to be honest with you. You know, we're looking into getting another 18-footer, you know, just for these situations. That way one sits on the trailer. And yeah. it makes it far less time-consuming because now we don't have to unload. So now after the weekend shows and Sunday, obviously nobody's going to switch both rings out. 
So we're going to use the other ring again that's still in the FSW arena on Sunday. So now Monday, we have to come in and spend time taking down the 16-foot ring. Right. But you also got to understand there's no place to put it because the 18-foot ring is on the trailer. Right. So you got to take one down. You got to take the other one off the trailer, put it up, and then take the other one and put it back on the trailer because there's always only one trailer. Uh, We at one point did have two trailers, uh, but that was in the old days at the Boulder Highway. Somebody stole the trailer out of the, uh, you know, out of the back of the alley. You know, it it had registration and license or whatever, you know, license plate and a title, but whatever. So we have one trailer and, you know, but the truth is we're, we're in the market for a good 18 foot ring, but we're not in the market to spend, you know, 9,000 to have one brand new made to ship from high spots. Right. You know, we have one of the best rings on the West coast and we got it from somebody, Bobby Bradley, uh, who his, the dad was a trainer and wrestled with uh, Jesse Hernandez at EWF and Bobby Bradley, you know, was part of the aerial aerial assault with Rob Van Dam running old shows at the Nugget, and that was in Victorville, you know, home of where yeah. the Bucks had their their stuff. And we yeah. drove up. I think we paid like four grand, and we got the trailer. It was a great deal, and and the ring's one of the best bumping rings, you know. Impact Ring of Honor when they did use it, they all had nothing but glowing reports about it. Yeah. So 13 year, 13 years later. Yeah. And, and it's not like it hasn't seen its share of, you know, pretty impactful moves and, you know, a lot of guys in the ring at the same time with battle Royals. So <laughs> that's, that's pretty interesting to know that the, uh, the ring has held up that well and is still in good bumping, you know, stage where guys would, you know, like to bump on that ring when they come in town. Um, so, as we get into uh, Thursday here, um, with the show at the FSW Arena, um, for you, what do you look as in terms of uh, the fan base coming out? What do you look as being successful when you're looking at the arena compared to when you're looking at the Silver Nugget shows? How do you... Um, how do you in your mind see what is a successful, you know, fan uh, attendance at both of those <gasps> venues for FSW? There is no set number, you know, <clears throat> bottom line is you don't want to lose your ass on the show. Okay. You know, obviously this arena show is going to be more costly than most of the arena shows that we ever do, you know, there's, you know, we got Hammerstone, we got Bay, we got Titus Alexander, we got holiday, we got Anthony green, uh, you know, mixed in with some FSW town, but a lot of other out of town guys. So, you know, we we're trying to keep, you know, costs in check, you know, Adam Brooks, you know, these guys that have done, you know, bigger things, 
you know, at a national and international level. So, right. you know, the fact of the matter is we have a good amount of uh, front row sold for the, for that event. You know, we don't expect it to be lightning in a bottle, GCW versus FSW on the Thursday night, because again, not everybody's in town. You know what I mean? Right. So you're hoping the people who come and the, the, the biggest deal is we don't know what the walk-up is. We could get 10 people right. or we could get 100 people. Like, you know, that's what happened at some of the events that we did in the past. Where all of a yeah. sudden, you know, when Joey did his show, you know, I'm, I was expecting a colossal failure, to be honest with you. You know, he sold, you know, a decent amount of front rows, but that was about it. And one thing I've learned over 13 years is people who are buying in the front row will generally buy early. People who yeah. are going and buying general admission, a lot of times they just show up the day of and they, they go buy them because they weren't sure of everything that they were going to do that weekend. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay, cool. We can go check out the wrestling show. So, you know, we're hoping we get a pretty packed room. You know, the thing is, between our fans and the fans that are going to be there, it's going to be the first event. And the card is, you know, solid as fuck. Davey Richards is on the show. You know, left him out, you know. Yeah. So you can go through every match, Chris Bay and Titus Alexander. Oh, okay. Titus is getting a big, uh, getting a big rub on Willow Spray uh, the other day. Yeah. Uh, you know, you got Remy Marcel defending the Nevada State, Travis Titan. May not be known to a lot of people, but solid dude. Worked AEW Dark. And then Adam Brooks, who signed a full-time contract with Ring of Honor right when the pandemic hit. And, yeah. and now he's got to start all over again. Yeah. And then you got, you know, everybody knows Juicy in FSW, but everybody knows Juicy on the Indies and GCW. And, you know, they've never had the one-on-one -on -one match, him and Hammerstone. So... Yeah. You know, as the MLW champion, there's a lot of people that are into that GCW Black Label Revolver that probably don't know that much about Hammerstone, but just heard of him. You know right. what I mean? And, you know, then you got some diamonds in the rough, like a, a Brandon Gatson and a Jacob Austin Young and a Jared Diaz from the East Coast and Axel Rico and... You know, all these guys and Funny Bone and Damian Drake and Sin. We got a guy from Germany, the rotation, uh, Viva Van and Danica. You know, yep. it's like no matter where you go, damn, there, there's a really good match happening. So. Yeah. And, and you and you uh, you left out Matt Vandergriff. Matt so, Vandergriff. Yeah. You know, he's got a big know, weekend. You know, him against yeah. Mike Bailey on Friday. You know, that's the one thing I'm thinking about. But it's like, you know, Thursday, he's going to be in the big scramble match with guys I'm excited to see. Yeah. And if fans, if you're not familiar with, um, uh, you know, some of the names, uh, especially, you know, Adam Brooks, I find phenomenal. He's just such a good uh, in-ring performer. Uh, was, was Anthony Green well. and Jay Vidal. Yeah. Yeah, right off the bat, too. That yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, please check it out. Uh, you know, FSW Network, six ninety nine a month. You get this show. 
You're going to get Ed show in San Antonio, his women's show, and you're going to get uh, the uh, the full tilt uh, finale on Sunday there. Um, when you look at putting together scrambles, because you got a scramble going on on Thursday, and then you have a scramble going on on Friday. Essentially, when you look at that, um, does that for you just give you that opportunity to allow a few more guys to get into a match? Um, and then how do you look at it in terms of coming up with the chemistry of who would be good in a scramble together because of the fact that we're not basing this off of storylines um, because these are, you know, standalone cards. So what is your process of thought of putting those scrambles together uh, when it comes to, you know, having talent that are not currently in a storyline and it's, it's, uh, it's one-offs? Well, generally you're looking for similar styles, but you also want to stand, stand alone. When we did that first scramble I put together for the IWF and I had Rich Swan on one side, AR Fox on another side, Tony Nice on the third side. Well, both of those, all three of those guys, you know, risk takers, high flyers, uh, AR Fox picked up the role of the heel very, very well. And him and Swan had a great dynamic together. Now, when we had the fourth guy, we had an unknown guy who now is the revolver champion in JT Dunn. And JT Dunn it was a total opposite, more Chris Hero style, hard hitting, elbow by death, things like that. So yeah. he made that fourth person really make you pay attention to the match instead of just four guys zipping around, bing, bang, boom, somebody missed. Oh, one, two, three, it's over. You know yeah. what I mean? So there was a whole different dynamic. So we're trying to do the same thing similarly uh, on both shows. You know, on Friday's show, we have a Willie Mack. We yeah. have a Funny Bone. You know, we have Adam Brooks. We have Anthony Green, different style than, than, than those guys. Right. You know what I mean? And it's like, Damian Drake. Damian Drake as well. Yep. You know, and there's a sixth guy that I apologize offhand. I can't think off the top of my uh, old. It's, it's, it's juicy. There you go. So yeah. juicy's not going to wow you with uh, Hurricane <laughs> Ranas, but, I, you know, I'd be excited to see, you know, Willie Mack do a Canadian destroyer on Juicy. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Now, Willie and Juicy could break the ring doing the superplex off the top rope. And then you could have, you know, at the same time, Funny Bone coming from the other end and double stomping both of them. You, you know what I mean? So that's that 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 one is a real mixture yeah. uh, of a scramble. On Thursday, uh, because we weren't allowed to do Holiday and Hammerstone because it had an their first matchup didn't air on MLW television. Right. So we moved Juicy from the scramble there. So now the scramble, we have kind of high flyer, similar. Axel Rico's the same way. You yeah. know, we got Vandegrift. 
And then we got a guy who had maybe one of the best matches this year, Jacob Austin Young. Yeah. Who took on Davey Richards. And he's a little mini version of that, you know, mat based and Japanese style. So again, you're not looking at six of the same guys doing the same exact thing. And what I love about a scramble is things that I hated about, you know, sometimes with PWG and ring of honor, you know, bing, bang, bing, bang, boom. Oh, kick out. Bing, bang, bing, bang, boom. Oh, kick out. And it's like, so you're just hitting monster moves and everybody just kicks out and it's great. Oh, look at all these falsies. Well, I like falsies with six guys in it because the falsie is, That move was so devastating on you, you couldn't kick out. But because if you didn't kick out and nobody broke it up, the match would be over. So people are breaking up the falls. To me, that is far more exciting than than the other way. And then on Sunday, we're looking at doing either the fray match or a gauntlet match. And uh, an idea I just bandied about is a gauntlet match where the final guy is Jay Vidal and it's the no limits title. So two guys start. So we do four guys and then Jay Vidal. So three matches need to be won. And then you get the opportunity of Jay Vidal. And now all of a sudden we can have wise guy, Jacob Boston Young, you know, Matt Vandegrift, you know, Midas Creed was going to be there. So now we got some super cool matches. And who's to say? We don't put a Richard Holiday or an Anthony Green or, you know, Christy James. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, yeah. you know, sky's the limit on what we do on that match. So, yeah, it's, uh, Definitely going to be interesting to see some of these dynamics. Um, in looking at Friday night, um, obviously, you know, we kind of alluded Mike Bailey and Matt Vandegrift. Uh, the anticipation is really high. I know Matt has been wanting to wrestle uh, speedball for a while. Um, so this is a. Yeah, big- Matt wants to wrestle everybody. Big deal. <laughs> now he's posting something else. Uh that he wants somebody else he wants um but you know that that should be a thrilling match but i think the um the one that sticks out to me though is jay vidal trey miguel and nick wayne as just one hell of a talent mix um that could very well just really take the breath away from a lot of fans are you uh, you know are you surprised at Nick Wayne's success um, being how young he is and, you know, being able to have enough trust in him between, you know, yourself and, and Sammy that you take two guys like it's, it's almost like you got Nick who's kind of the youngest. You got Jay who's in that middle, almost, you know, moving up, you know, quickly. And then you got Trey who's already, you know, uh, impact uh, former, you know, X division champion. Is that something when you look at mixes and matches that you kind of come together and decide, Hey, yeah, this is like, this is the perfect fit for, uh, you know, a match like this. 
and there is no titles on the line on Friday. Is that correct? No, the Trey Miguel's titles on the line. Oh, that's right. And Trey Miguel is currently um, their their champion, right? Uh, at yeah, they're, they're uh, I believe it's the Revolver Remix Championship. Yeah. So that's yeah, that's an interesting match. Is there something that you look forward to when you see that kind of talent? And being that it's you know very young talent, and you know in, with the age, uh, you know probably everyone's under the age of thirty. Um, is that something that you look at and go, "This is probably going to be one of the best matches all weekend." Well, it's funny how it comes about because it's FSW versus Revolver. Well, Nick Wayne is neither Revolver or FSW. So, but I knew he was in town and I brought him up to Sammy. And Sammy really was the one who pushed for Trey Miguel versus Nick Wayne. And instead of having Jay Vidal in a multi-man, another, you know, five-way match, I'm like, hey – you know, we need to put Jay Vidal in here and let's make it a, a triple threat match because we didn't have a triple threat match on the show anyway. And the other matches were scrambles. And now it's like having to find another spot because if, if Jay Vidal is not in that match and it was just a singles match, now it's like, well, are we doing a seven way? What well, you know, what are we doing? Right. You know, so it's like it's a Jay Vidal needs that opportunity. You know what I mean? Because in reality, if it's FSW versus Revolver, it should be the No Limits champion against the Remix champion. But because of the Nick Wayne factor and him being here and Sammy wanting to use him because he's never used him before, you know, it just made it an easier decision. And it also gives Jay Vidal now not only Trey Miguel, but also Nick Wayne to work with. You know what I mean? You know, we can build uh, Nick Wayne as... uh, representing la fights you know what i mean it's like yeah yeah however we want to do it you know the match that i i'm looking forward to is josh alexander and tom lawler you know being that you know joe is the flippy shit guy you know i'm also (laughs) the one who kind of wanted through talking with cross about the natural born killers thing like i like a great ground game and and whenever I put over an Eli Everfly, it's as crazy as he is. That is fantastic. But when he can put you in a pretzel, that's yeah. what impresses me the most, that a kid who's 120 pounds can do that to a guy twice his size. And it, and it's a shoot that you're going to have to, like, you know, tap yourself out if you really want to get out of the, the holds because he's that good at doing it. So. Right. That match really excites me, you know, Hammerstone and Davey Richards, you know, that's going to be another extremely interesting match. You know, I didn't see the one at MLW, but I was told it was awesome. And both guys seem to love working each other. So they, they seem to be, you know, ready to go. You know, I needed a tag team for death proof and, you know, Mikey and a few others were like, Oh, you got to use this violence is forever. Again, not a revolver team. But we needed, instead of a makeshift tag team of, say, Anthony Green and Richard Holiday, which would have been fine, now we have, you know, one of the most prestigious teams on the, in the Midwest who really seem to be uh, skyrocketing in popularity in, yeah. 
you know, they're, they're jetting off after Friday. They're going to work prestige. So they're, they're getting, you know, solid bookings everywhere they go. Yeah. And, you know, ironically enough, uh, they were in MLW and uh, were part of the Tom Lawler's, you know, filthy uh, stable. So it's, it's, he, kind they of- are too. Jeez. They got Limelight. They got Royce and Jarrell. They got a hundred people in that group. Um, but but now they, you know, in fairness, uh, Violence Forever did uh, leave MLW when their contracts were up recently. So um, they are, like you said, they're one of the hottest tag teams on the planet right now in the independent world. So that one I am particularly looking forward to, especially because we know that between Jacob Austin Young and Cody, those two guys, they just they never back down from proving themselves. And man, I think that whew, that that could be a you know, violence is forever is their name. So that could be uh interesting to see if they really are death proof or if the violence does put them down. Hey. So that's you know this it's going to be a wonderful card uh all around and then of course you got the fsw versus wrestling revolver uh six man uh match which is mixed and looking forward to seeing billy starks uh and viva van get at it in that match um but you got Caljack in there and uh that to me right away just uh you know with remy and Caljack and viva van that is one hell of a uh, a mixed tag team right there. Yeah, you know, uh, again, Caljack was a guy who recently made his debut at Revolver. And, you know, when we were talking about putting matches together, you know, obviously Sammy was impressed. He was like, hey, you know, however we can do it, you know, you know, I'd like to see Caljack on the show. And I'm like, not a problem. You know, it will, we will make it happen. And we were banding about whether it was going to be a four-on-four four match or a three-on-three. Three. And, you know, on a show like that, we really wanted to see if we could, like, spotlight a, a Bodie on the show, you know. And, we, you know, if we can come up with somebody on the other end, you know, as a fourth guy, we might do a four-on-four just because of the age with Billy Starks and, and Bodie, these are two young, two young prodigies, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, there's definitely a possibility, you know, we still got a few days left before and, and you know, people are coming out of the woodwork. Hey, I'm going to be in town. It's like, dude, the show's in four fucking days. You're telling me now that you're going to be in town. Yeah, I'll be right on that. Uh, did it at any point cross your mind? I'm glad you brought up Bodie. The idea of, uh, and I think these two are going to see each other for years and years and years, and that's Nick Wayne and Bodie going against each other. Well, yeah, but uh, Nick Wayne's book Thursday at that Violence and Suffering show, and Sunday he's got to be at AEW. You know, we right. were trying to line up Bodie versus Nick Wayne on uh, Sunday. You know, believe it or not, they did have a match against each other. Really? Yes. Uh, When Nick Wayne came to FSW, we had an EC3 seminar, and he put together some matches. That's right. And Nick Wayne and Bodie had a one-on-one match that 
people said was the best match of the of the seminar. Uh, the thing is, I I don't believe any of it was filmed. So I don't think so. I don't think anyone was rolling any cameras at it's all. Treasure, you know. Instead yeah. of filming it, Lawson was busy filming himself. So. <laughs> It was much more important. You know, you got those six views, you know. That's what happens when you're the difference, my friend. <laughs> uh, and for anyone who wants to check out more about these cards, uh, we do have a pre-show that is uh, airing throughout the week that you can check out on either the Vegas Bad Boys uh, social media or on FSW social media. Um, and uh, you can, if you don't know who... The difference, uh, David, difference uh, is uh, give a. It makes no a... difference. It makes no difference if you don't know who the difference is. It will not change your life. I promise you that. But it's worth it just to see uh, to to see Dave in uh, a baseball cap and a suit coat. So in mode, in mode. Yeah, you know, he's, he's building that brand. Um. 22 you know, years in the making. <laughs> Speaking of someone like Dave, um, how important is it? You know, you kind of uh, alluded to uh, Tom Crawford, who, you know, uh, rings the bell uh, at, I think, every show in Vegas, uh, for the most part. No, um, usually George Furman does. We would rather have one of our fans do it than Tom, to be honest with you. <laughs> But when it comes to uh, guys like uh, Dave Lawson and uh, and a Tom Crawford and a George Furman, um, how important are these, uh, you know, guys to um, being able to pull off shows like this and just having people who are passionate enough, who want to uh, give their time, who want to put in the effort so that, you know, FSW can sell shirts and, uh you know, you can use uh, the local guys, the, the the other companies can use the local guys to do stuff like this. Uh, even, you know, talking to uh, Spider yesterday, just that idea of, um, you know, other the other companies using uh, production guys like, uh, you know, Spider and, and Joey, I would assume. Is Joey doing anything with uh, any of the companies this weekend? Well uh, you know, I know he's going to be there. He's probably going to be helping out at the FSW Revolver show. I know Sammy, Sammy likes him. So, you know, if I guess if Joey wants to do photos or whatever, you know, we're pretty stacked up. You know what I mean? We got, we got two or three, uh, photographers for sure. Justin Cotterall, who's got one of the best reputations and a guy who, who's awesome. That was just a fan, Ryan West. You know, he yeah. moved away to, I believe, like Colorado, but he comes back for the big shows and he adds a real colorful uh, scheme to his pictures. Yeah. So, again, and the bionic scoop. So we got like three guys that kind of come in and have all three different styles. So depending on the style you like, <clears throat> you know, I'm pretty sure Ryan and the uh, the other guy, <clears throat> the bionic scoop will be doing the ringside stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh oh. Wow. This is Got this caught is in uh... my throat. <laughs> but uh, uh I, wait, it, Joe, are you, gonna make, are you going to make it through this weekend? 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just the uh, phlegm in my throat. What do you want me to do? But, yeah, Justin's probably going to handle more of the backstage stuff. And yeah. he does a lot of promo things for people. So, but he's definitely a great hand, you know, to have around. So, you can never have enough photographers. No, and I'm glad you uh, you brought up Ryan because Ryan is um, one of the best uh, ringside photographers, I think, that's out there who, you know, the you're you're nece- you're not necessarily getting the credit you deserve sometimes when you're a photographer uh for the independent shows and uh ryan's work's amazing uh really really good guy uh, and really and he's a guy stuff. who just really started doing that stuff you know what i mean like he would take him from his seat so now yeah. i don't get 50 bucks from him anymore and now i gotta pay him so that's like a <laughs> That's a big swing the opposite way. So you know he's got to be good. <laughs> you know, I now have to pay a guy who was paying me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, when fans are coming to the Silver Nugget, um, especially on a day like Saturday where it's going to be kind of a long day, uh, is there any plans in place uh, of having any uh, food, food trucks, uh or is it uh, basically watch the show and then when the show is done, you know, either go out to uh, some place that's close or get a bite at, you know, the Silver Nuggets. Um, what's the idea for uh, food for fans? And uh, the bar will be fully functional, too. Is that correct? Well, there's going to be uh, the taco truck that was there the last time. Uh, I guess uh, they're friends with silver nugget they've been there for forever i guess so they're going to be there for sure we got the okay uh you know david was put in charge of that and then i asked him and oh i'm still working on it okay it's like well you should be able to either solidify it or not it's in a couple days because you have to have a north las vegas uh food license But the idea, especially on a Saturday when we're going to be there all day, like to have one of our own food truck people that we can utilize down the line that they say, hey, you know what? Uh, We're going to kick you back a few dollars instead of the money going all over there. And we're not getting any credit or kickback on on the back end. So, you know. In a lot of situations, this venue is different. Uh, a lot of them base what we pay off the food and drink guarantee. Well, right. Silver Nugget doesn't, so it doesn't really matter. But if you did and you rang up big numbers, you might be able to leverage it a little bit. Right. You know what I mean? And from what I understand, uh, they're still having major issues. And the cafe is really almost never open. Uh, I am told you can order food from the bar, but now it's keeping track and going upstairs and having to stand there. And, you know, I I assume, you know, before and after shows, it's great if you get the bar food, you know what I mean? But it it would be a whole, a hell of a lot easier that if the show ended at two edge show that you went to, you go sit in the cafe, you spend 45 minutes not sitting at a bar top, 
because it's kind of like, hey, uh, I'm just trying to eat. Why aren't you gambling? No, you're 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 taking up a spot for somebody. You right. know, and people don't want to sometimes eat on the bar of a casino floor. You know what I mean? They'd rather just sit at a table amongst their friends because in the casino, it's one seat, one seat, one seat. You know, right. group of four can sit in the booth. You know, it just makes it easier. You know, but they won't allow us. You know, we could bring, you know, snacks and, you know, prepackaged food and things like that. So, you know, hopefully we could uh, bring in something on, on all three shows or all five shows that are there. Um, and with um, FSW uh, merchandise, uh, what is it that uh, – and we've never really talked merchandise – but what is it for you that makes uh, any kind of successful merchandise sale for FSW? Is it just selling one or two shirts, or what do you see as um, kind of the the goal in having merchandise available uh, at the events? You know that that's a that's one thing I believe we are majorly lacking in. Okay. Uh, you know, in most situations, you got to order them online. You know, we've never really sat down and had this game plan because, again, we started with the DVDs, but people don't buy DVDs anymore. You right. know, we had worked on a card set and we've had it stopped and started numerous times. We thought we had a 3D printer. Like, I'm looking for super cool shit because yeah. the bottom line is most fans would rather buy a J. Vidal or a Funny Bone t-shirt than an FSW t-shirt. Why? Because they're supporting FSW by buying the ticket. But they're supporting the wrestler by buying the shirt. Because that's going directly to them. So, you know, maybe we can get that GCW following that no matter what shirt you put out, you know, it's a different story. But the thing is... If you're at our event and you see a shirt, you might buy it. Right. You might. But the idea of you going out of your way to pro wrestling tees or or David had his own little store. It's just a much more difficult process. You know what I mean? It isn't WWE.com or AEW where you, you know, you have the masses, you know, we have a much smaller fan base compared to a major company. So we do in reality do need to have shirts on stock, you know, and things like that. But again, when you, when you're limited on, you know, who's around to help, it becomes a little more difficult. You know, somebody creates a, a logo or whatever. It's like, you bring it to the printer and it's like, Oh, do you have an AI file? And it's yeah. like, we don't have that person. It's like, Hey, can you do it off a PNG or you creating a vector file? Like even Joey, who can make designs all day long somehow, you know, that is a more difficult process. You know right. what I mean? So. Yeah. And I got 900 other things there, 9,000 other things, 9 million other things to be worried about. But it is a revenue source that we do not take advantage of for sure. 
Yeah, that's that's interesting. Uh, so if you're if you're a fan and you're listening and you are at the show uh, and you see something that catches your eye, you know, pick up a shirt. Um, there's there's some decent designs uh, for the shirts. I, I think, I think so. that fam shirt is is was a fantastic idea, but it's yeah. never been really really pushed. You know what I mean? To yeah. where yeah, you see it at the show or whatever and. And maybe that's our fault, uh, getting it out there. You know what I mean? It's like specific things that need to be done to to generate the interest in being part of the fam. I, like we've always treated our fans that way. So yeah. you know, when we first came out and we printed a basic FSW logo, Future Stars of Wrestling, we sold you know hundreds of those shirts. So there should be no reason why we couldn't sell hundreds of the fam shirts, being that we have more fans yeah. than we did when we first started. So that's definitely something to look into. Uh, as we kind of uh, get ready to, to wrap up here, um, obviously the uh, next time we talk, we'll, uh, you know, be talking about how everything went. Um as we head in, uh, two things. One, is there anything else uh, that you want to let the fans know? And two, um, what are your expectations going in? And uh, next week, we'll uh, see if those expectations were met. You know, my expectations are we want to put on a great show. You know, regardless, like, with so much going on, no, I, I I would love to have as many people that were at the Mecca at this event, but there's so much going on, you know what I mean? Yeah. But with GCW and Black Label and Revolver doing their own show as well as ours, my expectation is, holy fuck, man, that, that, that weekend was great, but that FSW Revolver show, that was the best show of the weekend. You know, there was nothing more prouder last time we did uh, the events when we first did When Stars Collide and somebody posted. It was Ring of Honor weekend, obviously, you know, Friday they had the anniversary show. Saturday they did their TV taping and Sunday we did what was really the first Mecca when stars collide. And we had a three way match between Keith Lee and Brian Cage. And then Sammy Callahan got added because Davey Richards didn't show up. And nobody knew who Keith Lee was, and it blew the roof off the building. And a fan posted on Twitter, he goes, man, what a great weekend of wrestling. But by far, the best match on the shows was Keith Lee versus Brian Cage versus Sammy Callahan. And then a quote came in from the Young Bucks, and it was, oh, we highly doubt it. And it's like, well, obviously they paid attention, and it matters to them. But, you know, the fans have spoken because numerous people, you know, gave the heart emoji for that match. And we want people coming out of there saying, oh, man. Tom Waller and Josh Alexander or guys they didn't know were like, 
Holy shit, this Jay Vidal guy's great. Oh, Matt Vandergriff and Mike Bailey was fantastic. What a tag match with Death Proof and, and Violence is Forever. Holy shit, that four-way with Chris Bay and Rich Swan and JT Dunn and Kenny King. Are you kidding me? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like th- there's there's six. We, we have eight matches. You know, there, there's five or six that can easily lay claim that they could possibly be that match of the weekend. Yeah. And, you know, no offense, but on the other cards, you know, some are more character driven or whatever. And they may get, you know, they got guys, GCW, who are over as fuck. But that doesn't mean they're going to have the best match. And that doesn't necessarily mean a lot, but it does to the wrestlers. You know, yeah. if Matt Vandegrift goes out and people say him and Mike Bailey had best match of the weekend. I'm pretty sure that Matt Vandegrift is going to see a little bump in his bookings. Yeah. And that's what the local talent is looking to do. All they're looking at is being seen by a new audience. Right. Now, Remy Marshall doesn't work for Revolver, but now he's on a show with Revolver. So that means Revolver fans are probably going to check it out. Why right. wouldn't they? You know, and it's the same thing with Black Label and, and of course, GCW. You know, GCW came to town. How many FSW stars did GCW use before they came to Vegas? Right. Uh, zero? Pretty much. You know, yeah. maybe they used, I couldn't even tell you, Chris Bay might be, you know, one of the only guys that they would have yeah. used on yeah. that. Then all of a sudden they came to town and, oh, shit, Damian Drake and Vandergriff when they were the unguided against uh, the second gear crew, and they used them. And then they had L.A. Fights. And L.A. Fights is half the FSW roster. So, you know, and out of that half, or maybe more, it's probably more. Half are probably guys that are strictly FSW guys. And then there's probably a third, like an Eli Everfly or a Tito, or just a bunch of guys that we would normally use on frequent occasions here. So, obviously, GCW saw the talent. They use right. more guys from Vegas than they use from California. And yeah. I would say there's probably 10 times as many wrestlers in California. So that, that says something about Jay Vidal being over there and Matt Vandegrift and Damian Drake. And, you know, you know, I just saw the last L.A. fights. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, there's so much talent there. Yeah. No, it's 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 amazing. Uh, the opportunity for fans to get to know some of these guys who uh, maybe they've heard the name, you know, um, but haven't seen a match. Maybe they've seen one or two matches. Uh, and maybe that, you know, the the influence that these guys will have on some of the younger talent in FSW will also be something that I hope uh, you know, like you said uh, the other night, ring crew, four guys doing all the work. Um, I hope that some of the younger guys do take advantage of being part of the 
the ring crew helping out just so they can watch these guys work because your goal should be to, you know, be good enough to get onto these types of cards. So, um, you know, I hope that influence is there too. You know, and, and the thing is, I get it. You know, a lot of the regulars, I guess you could say, you know, there's that younger crew that's still young and they get booked out on Fridays and Saturdays and stuff like that. But there were a few who were like, oh, yeah, we're good for every day. But Friday, we got a show. OK, well, where were you Saturday? You know, not that there was anybody there, but there was four people. And Nick Xander was one of the four people. You know, here's a guy who gets booked all the time. Now, he could have been like, oh, you know, I've had all these bookings. You know, I've helped out a lot. You know, I'll be there next week. But he made it a point to say that he'll be there. So regardless of the fact, if we do a pre-show match on Thursday to add a match, he's the first person that's getting on the fucking show. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like no offense to the other guys. And on Sunday, he will be on the main card. Now, the question is, if there's spots, sure. We'll see who shows up this week on Wednesday and on Thursday, you know. And if you can't show up and you can't help with flyers, you know, a guy like Matt Vandegrift would show up and still be wrestling TJP at the show, and he would still be there for setup. Yeah. You know, a Cody. Will still set up, you know. A Damian Drake will still set up, you know. And there's a lot of guys who are kind of in and out. And I look at it one way, and of course they look at it a different way. They feel if they're at a certain level, they're beyond that. But it's like, right. okay, well, this is your fucking company, and the guy that's giving you all these opportunities needs some help being there. Yeah. As a person, wouldn't you fucking want to do it? Yeah. 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 Oh, and- we love you, Joe. I mean, you know, because, again, there's there's the polar opposites who fucking can't stand me. But <laughs> I think I have far more people who appreciate, respect, and even like me. And it's like, you know, when I'm posting stuff, it ain't because I feel like venting. I'm the last right. one who wants to go off. It's like, okay, you got me to the level. Now I got to go fucking nuts because Rocky gives me a call. Like, hey, can you put another fucking post? There's four motherfuckers here. You know right. what I mean? And I knew who two of them were. So I'm like, okay, I knew Nick said he was coming. But there was like five or six others that made it seem like they were able to be here on Saturday. And then, oh, you know, blah, 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 this and blah, 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 that. And I'm like, okay, well, when you say you're going to do something and then you can't do it, at least have the fucking decency to fucking tell me. Right. Yeah. It's, and it's something too, if you're a young wrestler, if you're listening to this, uh, one of the things you just got to remember is that you, you don't just get from the business. You have to give to the business to get from the business. And if you treat this as a profession, if you treat it like it's something that is, you know, sacred to you, then in return, you're going to get the benefits of what this business is. Be good to it. It will be good to you. So it's, it's very important to, you know, do those things 
that will help, especially in your home companies, um, you know, you, you have to treat it like it's your home and, you know, do things that will help out. And, you know, you will either benefit through getting the attention of the promoter, um, getting the attention of the bookers, uh, or, uh, you know, you will get the respect from all the people around you. And I think that's one big thing, man. Um, Nick Xander, like you said, you know, I, I saw, I saw Rocky and I saw Nick and, um, it was just amazing because Xander is like, Oh yeah. Hell yeah. I, I absolutely was going to be here 100%. And that means, you know, a lot. Cause if you look at his career and how he's going forward, and, you know, again, if you don't know Nick Xander, please look up his matches, look him up because he's making a name for himself and he's doing it the right way. And that is very important. And I hope that, you know, again, if you're a young wrestler, you know, take those words of advice from those of us who have been around it and have, you know, experienced doing it because there's nothing more important than making sure that, you shine because your company is shining, and that's very important. Uh, any final words, Joe, before we uh, we sign off? Uh, no, man. I'm just hoping to get through this weekend. I want to see you know as many of our uh, friends and fans you know come up and, and you know and support us on this. It's like you know if this is successful then this is something we could continually do down the line. Obviously we built our relationship with GCW. I'm pretty sure if Callahan does well, he's going to want to do something, you know, unfortunately money in the bank is, is so close from the anniversary that we've neglected that. It's like the anniversary show is in less than four weeks. Yeah. It's like, fuck, you know, we got to get shit out. We're trying to do a show uh, high octane on next Saturday. On uh, April 4th. June, June 4th. June 4th, sorry. Yeah. And we're trying to set up some of the matches. Fortunately, we've done a good job setting up matches for the anniversary that, you know, we're in place to where our Hammerstone and the Remy Marcel will be defending uh, their titles. You know, we just have to make the announcement. You know, it's pretty much a given who Hammerstone's going to wrestle, you know, as well as Remy Marcel. You know, we're putting together some stipulations. Uh, we have some other matches that we have in check. Then, of course, we have the cash in the case ladder match. Uh, and then we'll do our Nick Bockwinkle Battle Royal, uh, which we'll probably do as the pre-show. And what we may do this year is the winner of that Battle Royal will get the final spot in the cash in the case ladder match. So, Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a great idea. That's Yeah, that's really cool. That sounds fabulous. And, and again... The anniversary show, um, you know, we're we're looking. I believe it's uh, June nineteenth uh, at the Silver Nugget. Uh, it's a great opportunity to take your dad to a wrestling event. You know, he used to take you as a kid. Take him on uh, Father's Day to see uh, the anniversary show, and we'll have more about that in the coming weeks. Um, so that should be something to get excited about. Uh, you know. The uh, poster design, I saw the flyer design, and uh, man, Mikey does a great job of making sharp-looking 
designs. It was, you know, just wow. Oh, yeah. No, no, no doubt about it, man. He, the thing is, there's so much going on and it's like, oh, we got to get the let it ride thing out there. And it's like, you know, it, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, and that's a that's a good uh, way to end the show. This is going to be a crazy week for sure for anyone in Las Vegas who's coming in. Again, uh, check out the uh, the shows. Check out FSW's website, uh, and you can see everything that's going on. Um, you know, we we pride ourselves in uh, in being a city of uh, wonderful tourism. Uh, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, but in this case. We don't want it to stay in Vegas. We want it to get out to everyone. So if uh, you're not coming to Vegas for that weekend, please, you know, look up the uh, the cards on Fight TV. There's, you know, the shows are available on Fight TV. Um, and like we said, $6.99 for the FSW Network. Uh, you'll see uh, this Thursday show. You'll see Ed and San Antonio's all-women show on uh, Saturday and uh, you'll get to see the Sunday show, uh, which is a noon start here on the West Coast. So you get three shows for seven bucks and you get to see everything else that FSW has done over the years and uh, see some of your favorite stars of today when they were just future stars. So um, definitely just tune in if you're a wrestling fan this week. Um, if you see Joe around, say hello to him this weekend. Uh, I'm sure he'll probably. Yeah, when you be see, when you see me ticket. running from spot to spot, <laughs> yeah. he might be taking your ticket, or he might be yelling at someone for not doing the right thing. Uh, but please, you know, if uh, if you're coming in from out of town, uh, you know, let us know that you're here, and uh, you know, we'll uh, we'll say hi, and um, you know, thank everyone for their support. So. Until uh, next week, uh, Joe, let's uh, have a good weekend for you, and uh, we'll get to talk about it next week and see how it went. All right. Look forward to it. You know, I guess we'll see you too. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everyone. Take care. Take care.